What's going on, everybody? Glenn P. Brooks Jr. here. I'm an author, I'm a speaker, and I'm a coach. And I want to welcome you to We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I get the opportunity to add value to entrepreneurs, business owners, and ministry leaders, both on and offline. And this episode is going to be no different. Stick around, and we're going to get started right now. Well, we'd like to thank you for coming back and being a part of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I'm Glenn P. Brooks, Jr. Great to have you guys along for the ride. So for the last number of weeks, we've been talking about the story behind the brand. Today will be no different. We're going to feature a young man that I've had the chance to personally work with in the personal development space, particularly around the relationships for him as a husband and as a father uh, for a number of years now. And uh, I am so excited to have him to the stage because this week as we are curating this experience for you guys on the podcast, we're doing it live on Clubhouse as we do every week, but we've been talking about on Clubhouse this particular week the idea of caregiving, what that looks like. It's such a huge thing in our world today and this brother is not um, uh, he, 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 he's no stranger to that space and you'll understand why. Uh, we've been talking about the story behind the brand. Here's what we know. In a blog on HuffPost.com, uh, contributing writer Flynn Coleman asked this question, why are stories so powerful? Well, they're more memorable than facts, number one. Uh, our brains actually are wired to respond to stories. Uh, metaphors and anecdotes actually help us to relate ideas to our own experiences, providing richness and texture. Uh, stories actually bring you and your listeners into a multidimensional world full of colors, sights, smells, and emotions, making us feel as though we are actually living the story. Today, I want to introduce a young man. His name is Arthur Mitchell. At the time of this recording, Recording. It's actually his birthday, and so I just want to say happy 40th birthday, Art Mitch. Man, it is great to have you on the story behind the brand. We all need some help Wednesday, the podcast, bro. Can you introduce yourself real quick, Art Mitch? Tell folks, who are you? What do you do? Why do you do it? Who do you do it for? And then we're going to set this up to talk about the story that's informed your brand, my friend. Yeah, so yeah, so thank you once again, OG, for allowing me to come on your podcast. It's an honor. Thank you, guys. My name is Arthur Mitchell. My husband, father, entrepreneur, nine to five, work for American Airlines. But my passion is I work with uniquely gifted kids to help create champions in them. Why? Because I was a champion at the six, which you'll which you'll know later on. But I help them understand set who they are, make the adjustments, but more important, living the healthy lifestyle while they're going through what they're going through. I love it. I love it. Art Mitch, let's take it all the way back, man. You have a very, very interesting story. A lot of people uh, grow up and they can identify with bullying and, and all the negative things that comes with growing up sometimes. But you experience that from a completely different perspective. Today, uh, you've gone and you've ascended in the speaking community. You've done TED Talks and the whole nine yards. You find yourself uh, advocating for children with special needs. Take us all the way back. How did you grow up and how did that begin to inform what today is your brand. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I'm going to take y'all back that memory lane for a minute. Just imagine at the age of six, you're getting ready for school. You know, you're at kindergarten now, things looking good. You got the fresh clothes on, fresh kicks, and you're ready to go to school. But we already know we've done pre-K, we've done uh, um, daycare, but we're in, we in a school now where we go see people, some strangers, some friends already know, but we've been taught in a classroom. So I never forget, I'm getting up, getting ready for school, I'm fresh, so I get to the building and I walk through the door. Something changed 
my vision began to get blurry. So at, at, at that time, I didn't know what was going on. So I said, okay, maybe just you know something that you know happened in the, in, the, in the classroom. So I go to the back of the classroom. How they want nobody calling my name because of the situation. Lo and behold, they called my name. You know, see what's going on. And as you all, I, I couldn't see the board. A lot of people ridiculed what they didn't know what was going on, but neither did I. So she said, you need to go to the eye doctor. It could be a vision. So as we all know, at the age of six, you know, we just be going getting shots. We be getting you no know, no different things for school, but never been to an eye doctor where you had a big glass thing in your face. You got to say the numbers, get eye dilated. So we ended up going. Lo and behold, after an hour or so of the procedures, I found out I was diagnosed with an eye disease called keratoconus. I'll say that one more time for the people in the back. Keratoconus. And what keratoconus is, it's an eye disease, how your eyes oval. or mine's pressing on my pupil, caused by vision to be blurry. So imagine that guys find out at the age of six, you know, you come to school, you want to play in the sandbox, you want to play in the jungle gym, you want to do school things, but you're trying to see. So at the age of six, me trying to see, you know, I dealt with, first of all, at the age of six, people just want to know what's going on. Why you so close to the board? Why your eyes so low? So, so much going on. So I really couldn't explain to them because I really didn't know what it was. And furthermore, research, I found out that John Hopkins University said that only it's the rare disease that only one in 3,000 people had the disease. But guess what? <laughs> I was the one of them. So imagine growing up with that. But I learned in the, in the midst of the age of six to elementary that those are champions inside of me. And if I wanted to uh, be better and survive what was going on, I had to put the gloves on tighter. So growing up all through middle school and high school, I dealt with the bullying, the rejection, the lack of support. Because my mom and dad knew but they didn't understand the situation as well. So going on with that, though, teachers didn't support me. Um, people thought it was funding. I was a center of attention. People, every time I come to school, they am saying, uh, look at Art, Art Mitch, he can't see, man. Uh, uh, I don't want to go there with him. I don't want to pick him on my team. Uh, he can't see. He can't see the ball. But inside of me, I, I, I held it inside because I couldn't, again, tell them what it was because nobody really knew what a character corners was. So I just kept it up, bottom anger. So what I did, I began to act out. They'll do the smoking and drinking with the kids. Cause I wanted attention so much off of me so it could be on somebody else. But I realized, as anybody know, God picked, God, you were picked out to be picked on. And if it's a purpose in your life, God going to show you through your, your younger age what it is. So I begin to get back on track. Graduate at high school, for one, I want to let everybody know that my disability wasn't going to affect my ability. I was going to be somebody no matter what it looked like, if I could see or not see. So growing up with that, I understand that okay, something about this can it can it be can it be um fixed? So I did, did begin to do my research when I got out of high school. So I found out about a, a doctor in Durham, North Carolina, that specialized in keratoconus. And then a great doctor. So I went to the doctor and he told me about a procedure called corneal transplants. Now when I tell you about this procedure, you're probably like, oh man, this is a little crazy, but I, I had to get it. So what a corneal transplant is. It's, the eye, it's a procedure where they take out your cornea, which is the black part of your eye, and give you a deceased cornea. So at first, I was kind of skeptical, like, hold on now. I'm not going to wake up with x-ray vision. <laughs> I'm not going to hide other people's vision. Because I watched so much TV, guys, I didn't know what to expect. So, but one thing I wanted to expect was coming out with 20-20 vision. I was tired of being picked on. I was tired of not able to go outside and play. I was tired of not being able to be, um, call, be called to go to the movies. I was tired of not being able to have friends because of my vision. So I wanted a different aspect of life. I wanted to see better and be a better person. So I got it. 
Lo and behold, not understanding that it would be seven eye surgery later before my vision will not correct it, but stable. Notice I said not correct it, but stable, because with teratoconus, it would never get it would never get worse, but it won't get better, but it gets stable to the point where you're ready to see. But it was one it was one surgery that really made me have my pivotal point of my life, my fifth surgery. See, I woke up on a surgery table and the doctor said, You almost died. I like died? He said, Yeah, you, you we had to revive you with a shock treatment because the sleep apnea, you didn't wake up. So of course I was confused a little bit. But the one thing I noticed before, uh, after that, that my vision was still blurry. And immediately it took me back to this six-year-old boy walking to the classroom trying to figure out why I can't see him. So I said, Doc, what's going on? It's still blurry. He said, it takes time. So I said, okay, it took time. So I ended up getting a sixth surgery because the, the, the cornea graft tissue broke. But I'm going to take it back a little bit. You're probably saying seven eye surgeries. Why? Because in a surgery, the tissues in the, in the um, cornea graft which is the corneal part of the corneal, kept breaking or loosening. So they had to do it over and over and over again. But I knew that in order for me to get better at who I was and survive, I had to put the gloves on tighter and the rounds get longer. That's why I create champions now. But so after seven eye surgery, my vision went from a 20 over 200, if you guys know about vision, 20 over 200, to now my left eye 20 over 40, to, and, and my right eye 20 over 50, to where I haven't worn glasses in six years. So now because that, I found my purpose. And now I want to know what can I do about this? What was all this about? What was the, the trial, the tribulation, the, the challenges, the, the bullying, the just was all about? And God spoke to me and said, I'm going to get into your pain, into your purpose. I want you to help kids that are going to the same situation, whether it's, whether it's an eye disease, ADHD, whatever it may be, labeled by disability, to help you let them know that your disability doesn't affect your ability. You can still be the best version of yourself understand no matter what you're going through that you can be the, you can be who you want to be whenever you want to be and however you want to be and that's the story behind the brand well listen man uh i got so many questions and so little time i want to jump right in uh Art mitch you talked about uh multiple surgeries i counted seven six or seven when we're talking about support man you're a child you're going through this you're researching on your own where was the support if there was any well, it's funny you ask, um, Coach Glenn, because my support didn't happen until I got married. Like, nobody else supported my church family. It wasn't until I got married to my wife where the support came in. And that was on my fifth surgery. She was there for, my wife and kids were there for my last three surgeries. And because my wife, you know, when I met her, I, know I told her what was going on when I had, because at the time, you no, know, the lady, a lady told me never forget that you may go blind, so be prepared for it. And I told her, that man, I would never go blind. I believe God going to restore my vision. So I told her about all that. So she began to investigate, and she was there. Like, the support was real. You know, doing my surgery, my, my little daughter called me a little nurse. She would know. She made sure I was good. My son, my other daughter made sure I was good. And the support didn't happen until my fifth surgery. But it was funny because I had family and friends knew about it, but didn't support what I was going through. So here's the deal. Um, I, uh, I'm, 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 I'm blown away and somewhat speechless because I'm imagining uh, being a child, your vision is being uh, taken away and, and it's, it's, it's getting literally dimmer um, as you're growing up. Art Mitch, what changed in you 
that helped you to empower those around you to support you? Because clearly when you talk about putting on the gloves, when you're talking about uh, your disability doesn't impact your ability, clearly you found and tapped into the champion in you and somehow by yourself to some degree rose above your circumstances and it caused you to say, you know what, if this is going to happen, I'm going to have to do something. How did you find the strength, the energy to, to connect with people so that they connect and they could connect and, and support you? Yes, sir. And I, I had a, so during this process of me growing up, I had to realize that I lose, I lose boxing techniques as I talk to the kids, but I realized that I'm the only one in the ring. If I'm going to fight it back, I had to understand how to defend myself, meaning defend the negativity, defend the fear, defend the pride, defend the anxiety, defend the depression. So I began to put my glossier gloves on tighter and knew that rounds would get longer, but in order for me to win, I had to fight. So I realized that in, the, in this thing called life, sometimes you the only one in the you are the only one in the ring and you are the only one fighting, but not that not that opponent out. You gotta punch harder. So I'm gonna punch harder, begin to fight harder, and know that it's a purpose behind this. There's a there gotta be a mission behind what I'm going through. And like I said, I never forget my fifth eye surgery. I heard the guy spoke clearly, he said, I'm beginning to turn your pain into your purpose. So then after I found it out, I got to a community, shout out the grindation, to help pull the purpose out of me. Now, in fact, Coach Kendall told me that you're going to use your vision to help other people see their vision. I never forget that. And that, that helped me pull it out and helped me understand what my purpose and what I was going to do in life. Wow. Listen, if you're just catching the podcast and maybe you are listening to this in the car with someone or you're in the gym and you're overhearing it because they ain't got their headphones on. Listen, I just want to let y'all know this is the story behind the brand. We're talking to Arthur Mitchell, Mr. I Am. He's an author. He's a speaker. He's a communicator, uh, particularly an advocate for children who are enduring uh, special needs. And when I say enduring, Art Mitch, one of the things that I realize is that when you find yourself in this kind of position, it produces produces a ton of shame, and, and, and that's something that people spend a lifetime getting over. Let me ask you a question. I really want to start turning the, to the corner a little bit and talks about how this now, this experience you've gone through, how has that informed your brand? And I wanted to talk a little bit about overcoming the shame of what you were going through as if it was your fault. Yes, uh, I had to overcome the shame kind of realized that I was, I was something I was diagnosed with, you know, something that I couldn't control. And it took me a while because one of my topics is accepting who you are. It took a long time for me to accept who I was. It took a long time to accept that I was going to go, I could go blind or I couldn't see or my vision was going bad. But I never forget though, I went to a, um, a, a division of service for the blind, which is founded by Ray Charles in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I had to stay there for a week to get my program for them to pay for my surgeries. And all them, a, lot of, a lot of them kids that was uh, were legally blind, but they had no care in the world. They was walking on their own, feeding themselves, you know, with a can and everything, but made me think about it. Okay, you know, you, you, you are here for a reason, but you got to understand that not gonna, nobody going to help you. You got to help yourself. You got to realize that this is the journey to walk alone. The support going to come, but until then, find your, way your, find your way yourself and really understand the reason behind what's going on. So from that, I realized that, okay, it's time for me to get up, not feeling pity about it, and be okay with it. No, I can't see well. No, at night, no, my, no my nighttime driving is still bad to this day. No, sometimes I still can't see, but I know that I can, I, as I continue to grow as a person, I continue to know that, okay, it's, it's okay. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be like this for the rest of my life. 
I'm gonna go pity, be a happy pity party. I'm gonna continue to do what I do okay, and help kids overcome their challenges, success, and be better who they are. Man, am I gonna have a pity party or am I gonna get up and punch? Art Mitch, listen, man, I've known you for some years now. And uh, once again, you've inspired me. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to talk to the audience, and I want you to speak to a parent who is uh, beginning to uh, care for their child. Maybe they're in the beginning stages of discovering that their child isn't um, uh, competing and and showing up like the rest of the children. Something's going on. Uh, I want you to encourage them for me real quick. What should they be thinking about? How should they uh, begin to position themselves so that they can support their child? Yes, sir, definitely. To all the parents out there with that situation, First of all, do your research. Know, know what your challenge having so you can be able to support them the way they need to be supported. A lot of times, as I've seen in the school system and different things, kids really know, parents really know their diagnosis of their kids' disease or their disability, so they throw it off on the, on the students, I mean, so the teachers in the school system to help. Now, you should know yourself because they're coming home to you every day. So know your research and show the support they need through their disability. But most important, show them love. I didn't get the love I needed until I got married. So the whole time I was bitter and anger to the point when I got older, I needed therapy, and I still get therapy to the day. I think about what happened in the past to me with my church, my my friends and family that didn't support me. So show them love and support. Get them to what they need because they don't. When they get older, it's going to transition to a, to a person that's not, not them, and they're going to have to get therapy like me. So do your research, show love, and be there at all times you can. Bro, I appreciate you, man. Listen, tell people how they can get in touch with you, uh, some of the things that you are up to today, and uh, how you can be a help of assistance. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. I definitely um, I'll definitely want y'all to see my TED Talk. I can post it in, in y'all back channel. But also, you can reach me on www.artmitch.com. That's my website. I'm on all social media handles at uh, Arthur Mitchell, Facebook. Arthur Mitchell on LinkedIn and, and, and at ArtSpeaks82 on Instagram. And what I got going on now, now I'm doing a school tour called the Champion Tour. I'm trying to get in 25 schools this year or more, whatever God allows. But it's a 45-minute keynote where I'm telling my story and two breakout sessions. So if you need a guy know these school systems, I know the educators that may need this tour, I promise you'll bless your life. And also, too, one thing I just launched and I'm excited about, so people have been asking about my TED Talk, you know, how about, you know, how I got it how I spoke at colleges and things. So I opened up a new Champion Speaker Academy that I haven't launched yet until March, but a new Champion Speaker Academy where I'm helping speakers that need to want to know how to do TED Talks and do different speaking engagements, how to package the story, gain confidence, and more important, build residual income. So you know, the speakers out there that are looking for a, a person that's, that, that's passionate about speaking and showing them how to do it, please let me know. And that's what I got going, and I appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, Arthur Mitchell, my friend, uh, my client, my family, and uh, I- I'm just so proud of you, bro. Um, just so proud of you, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Always uh, know that if um, if there's anything I can do, you already know what time it is. At the end of the day, guys, here's what we know to be true. You cannot get to any place of significance by yourself. It's because we all need some help, and we'll see all of you guys on the next edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. 
Well, I'd like to thank you guys for joining us once again for another edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. Uh, be sure to download this, and if you need to connect to us any kind of way, uh, you can reach us at www.glennpbrooksjr.com. At the end of the day, y'all already know what time it is. You cannot get to any place of significance by yourself because we all need some help. Y'all be good, and we'll talk soon.